that. Welcome to What the Fuck Did You Make Me Watch with Michael and Vina. It's the podcast where we hunt for the best and worst of film, TV and new media to see if we can make each other love or hate it or at least like it enough to rate it by giving it some fucks. So last week I was off working on the Commonwealth Games and Michael had an interview with Daniel Newman from The Walking Dead. But this week we are back on schedule and decided instead to delve into the world of superheroes, which is always a fertile ground to ask the question, what the fuck did I just watch? Absolutely. Now, before we kick off, make sure you come and join us online in the social media game. We are on Facebook at What the Fuck or WTF Did You Make Me Watch? We're also on Twitter at WTFU Make Me Watch. So you can come and like us and uh, submit your suggestions there and have a tweet or a retweet. And you can make sure that you leave us a review on either the Facebook page or your podcast platform. We love the reviews we've been getting so far, so thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, now, this week, Michael, we are looking at the origins of Wonder Woman. We're looking at Guardians of the Galaxy, some not-so-superheroes, and those who were booted and rebooted. And to kick us off tonight, I gave you the movie Super. Have a listen. I knew I was losing her. Excuse me. Have you seen my wife? I don't think she wants to see you anymore. What? Sarah! Don't touch my car again. I'm going. That's not the kind of touching I meant. Jock, he stole my wife. Can you arrest him? Sometimes it's better just to accept these things. <laughs> Batman. Battering, pipe bombs, utility belts. Utility uh, belts. Green Arrow has a bow and arrow. Okay. Why do you need all those? I'm making up my own superhero. He needs a weapon. That'll do. Cool. All it takes to be a superhero is the choice to fight evil. Shut up, crime. Don't steal. Don't deal drugs. Don't molest kids. Brutal assault by the Crimson Bolt continued last night. No. That's cool. I could be your kid's sidekick. Ta-da! How do I look? That's inappropriate. Frank is the only thing that will save me. We will take those suckers down. That's good. Let's do this. You just sit here and wait for crime to happen? That's right. <sighs> this is so boring. Yes, I could tell you now. It's the not about good and evil. This is about she love me more because I am interesting. So, Super is interesting, ah, and it's got so many what-the-fuck moments as well. So, it's a 2010 film that features Ellen Page, is the most notable person. Ah, uh, uh, yes, the pint-sized lesbian that is Ellen Page. We all love her. Thank you very much. 
Um, it's also got a appearance by Liv Tyler in there. In case anybody of us, any of what us, in case any of us have forgotten who Liv Tyler is. Uh, or has also got a crush on Liv Tyler ever since Bernardo Bertolucci's uh, film Stealing Beauty. Thank you very much. Uh, you're holding on to that little lesbian crush, aren't you? Uh, and the main role is played by Rain Wilson. He's one of those kind of off-kilter, left-of-centre guys that kind of plays, you know, the oddball that nobody really likes in, in quite a few movies, and you never know his name. But you go, oh, he's that guy, that guy. Well, that guy's in this one. Um, and look, Super, just as a whole, is what the fuckery. And they've kind of, like, looked at the whole superhero genre, and they've gone, let's make the anti-superhero. I just love that, as you were saying that, you rolled your eyes so far back in your head, <laughs> all I could see was, like, this crazy white. And this tells me where this review is going. I actually gave you this because I've wanted to see this film. Tell me, Michael, should I be watching it or not? Oh, look... It's ambitious, and I'd say, actually, yes, watch it, because it really depends on your taste. Like, I mean, people love Deadpool, and I, I don't like Deadpool. Um, so, I mean, I, it could be me. It could be that you might watch this and go, you're a crazy person. Why don't you love this? Um, and for me, part of the thing that, that doesn't really work is that it's in that search for being the anti-superhero, they're going too far out of that, and... Like, superheroes and, and superhero movies have that home in sort of non-earth-shattering, uncomfortable violence. It's like, you know, somebody dies, but, it, you know, it's a very simple, you know, wound or they jump off a building. It's very stylized. Yeah. Um, and this breaks out of the stylized world of superhero movies into this really weird, shuddering reality. Um, because our, our central character here, right, um, his name is his name avoids my memory, uh, but his name is Frank, um, and Frank is just boring and dumb, and he's got a lovely, beautiful girlfriend, um, Sarah, and as we learn very quickly, Sarah's recovering from a drug addiction. Now, the saving grace that I love in this film is you pick something with Kevin Bacon in it. Thank you very much. <laughs> I love me some Kevin Bacon, um, and you know he's only getting better with age. Um, you know. Love me some Daddy Bacon. So, is there nothing that Kevin Bacon can't do? I'll just put that out there. Pretty much, pretty much. He has done everything and taken his clothes off, so we love him for that. Um, but look, Frank uh, has got his girlfriend Sarah, and one day Sarah goes missing, and Frank's kind of too dumb to realise that Sarah might have actually just left him. Um, and the storyline follows that that Sarah left him for a drug dealer, Kevin Bacon, um, and he goes about trying to rescue her and realises that he's a futile man with no ability to do so, and she actually left him for somebody else. Very sad. And again, that haunting realism that kind of shudders and makes you go, oh, some really grating moments in there where he is really hits these awful, earth-shattering realities, and then she feeds them, and you just kind of like, oh, that's really unpleasant. Yeah. Well, I don't think this is, this is not meant to be a stylized kind of Marvel hero film. No, it's not meant to be like the Marvels, but it's like, uh, I don't know. It, 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 it pulls backwards and forwards. So he goes forward, makes friends with girl in the comic shop, and eventually decides and has his realization when he's touched by the hands of God in a very weird what the fuck moment where he's having some kind of vision and in this vision like god has these worm hands and they come and they cut his brain open and they touch his brain and he's like i'm the chosen one i need to be my own superhero so as we've seen before in uh was it super bad was that the one where they did that as well i watched super bad but i was really stoned and fell asleep in five <laughs> minutes so i'm sorry 
I'd, right. I'd, I'd like to say that I could talk with any kind of authority. I, I can't. And I found it really boring at the time, so I'm just like, I'm just going to go to sleep. I think it might have been Superbad. Well, there's, there's one of those other ones where they've done the whole let's make our own superhero costume thing, and they, they followed through with that again. Um, and that's, again, where it goes into awkward comedy, where I think in another style, in another genre, it would have been funny to see him go out, and he decides that he's because he can't save Sarah from the drugs, he's going to go out and find drug dealers and criminals and pedophiles, and he's going to catch them, and he's going to beat them up. Um, and he researches, and like he doesn't have superpowers, so what do they do? Well, they get inanimate objects, and they hit people with them, baseball bats. So he gets a wrench from home. So basically we have this montage of Frank running through the streets, going up to people that he perceives to be um, drug dealers, prostitutes, pedophiles, whatever, that are doing the wrong thing. I don't think it's prostitutes he attacks, sorry. But, um, and like basically beating them in the face with a wrench in really graphic scenes. Like, there's one where he, he goes and one guy literally just clocks him down the centre of the head and we've got, like, blood gushing everywhere and he hits the ground, like, crying and screaming. Yeah, that sounds beautiful, Michael. Yeah, really, like... I, and, again, like, this montage and those scenes are all really, what the fuck is going on here? Um, and then it leads on that he becomes, like, people don't realise that he's trying to... Like do this to criminals, and they think that he's a criminal himself. Goes on the run. And- well, he is. He's a vigilante. If he's just like decided to become a superhero himself, and is clocking people in the face with a wrench. Yeah, does kind of make him a vigilante, make him a criminal, whatever you want. Anyway, so he starts to get notoriety from there. Um, and young Ellen Page comes into the scene. She works in the comic shop. She figures out who he is, joins uh, with him, and off they go to try and solve crime and to ultimately try and get Sarah back which is where the narrative goes. Um, and it's for a couple of those really fucking awkward scenes coming again. Really awkward. There's one where um, he's actually being chased by real criminals who are part of the drug people who've taken Sarah away. And Ellen Page comes driving in to save him and drives directly into a man and crushes him between a wall, like his legs crush into the wall and he, you know, passed out in the car. It's really, like, full on. I was like, those moments where I was just going, oh, the fuck? Like, if it's... It just didn't have that soft landing, um, and a really which that 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 suspension from reality that superhero films give you. Yeah, um, and I just didn't like it. Maybe I'm just used to the suspension from reality for superheroes. And like, there's a, a scene with Sarah and the drugs where you were literally watching somebody in dr- inject drugs into her vein in her foot that really just kind of again pulls you back into the real world, and you go. Ugh. Very, very dark, obviously. Yeah, yeah, it is really dark. So, look, a lot of really what-the-fuck moments where I'm just going, ugh. Um, and the film overall, I think, stylistically, it's it's paced weirdly. It's genre weirdly. Genre is a verb now, I've decided. It's genre weirdly. Beautiful. Yeah. As you can tell, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a seasoned film critique here. Uh, it, it is genre weirdly. Um, and I just... <laughs> couldn't find the right place for it in my brain to really like it. Um, I think the concept was good. Uh, I think Ellen Page was too OTT. Oh, uh, I love Ellen Page. Yeah, so do I. I like her as well. I really do. Uh, but, I mean, the, the brief she's been given to work with, I think, was too much. Yeah. Like, they went, go OTT, and so she did. And it was just a little too much. She does some beautiful, like, realism and some really gritty stuff. Uh, that It's just like, her and Candy rocks my fucking world. Yeah. Um, her and this did not rock my world. Um, so, look, overall, uh, it's worth a shot because you might really like it. Um, comedy wasn't for me. The 
the, the violence wasn't for me. Uh, look, I was living for Ellen Page. I was living for Kevin Bacon. And the main guy, uh, look, he was given it a red hot go and, you know, some titties and Liv Tyler for you, love. Oh, so... After watch it then. Totally, totally. So, look, I give it a solid two fucks out of five. All right. Yes. Now, this week, you've given me Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, because it's so much fucking off-the-wall obscurity. I thought, look, you're either going to love it or you hate it, and, and most people love it. So if you haven't heard it already, have a listen to some of Guardians of the Galaxy. Xandar. Check out the rap sheets. Drax, a.k.a. the Destroyer. Since his wife and family were killed, he's been on a rampage across the galaxy in his search for vengeance. Gamora, soldier, assassin, wanted on over a dozen counts of murder. Rocket, wanted on over 50 charges of vehicular theft and escape from lockup. What the hell? Groot, he's been traveling recently as Rocket's personal houseplant slash muscle. Peter Jason Quill. He's also known as Star-Lord. Who calls him that? Himself, mostly. He's wanted largely on charges of minor assault, public intoxication, and fraud. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know how this machine worked. Hey, hey, hey! That's mine! You son of a Hey! Take those headphones off right now! They call themselves the Guardians of the Galaxy. What a bunch of a holes. Now I love like this is my this is my like supreme week. I love superhero stuff, so I'm so excited to jump into all of this stuff this week. Guardians of the Galaxy. It's a 2014 film from the stable of Marvel, and is a group of about a group of intergalactic criminals who band together after meeting in prison to save the world from an evil alien warlord called Ronan. So these you talked about the antihero before the, the anti superhero. These are your typical superheroes. These are the antihero side of the superworld. You know you don't expect any of the five characters or five people or raccoon or tree friend, whatever the. Groot is to be a hero, right? It's got uh, looks got a great cast. The voices of Vin Diesel and Brad Cooper, but it features John C. Riley, Zoe Saldana, oh hello, Chris Pratt, and Glenn Close. So I'm like, already I'm like, oh this actually could be kind of good. Cast is looking good. 
first impressions, you said to me one thing before I watched it, which is you will either love it or hate it. And I can totally see why you said that. And generally, I love the anti-hero super thing. I, I love Jessica Jones. She's an alcoholic. You know, it's, she's great. Uh, who just hates everyone. It's an asshole to everyone. I love the UK TV series No Heroics. I've told you about you know, before as well. And I do recommend people trying to hunt down online. I love the idea of ordinary people, assholes, intergalactic beings do extraordinary things. It is fun to mess with this genre that can be overly moralistic so many times. Yes. Um, but this one I found a bit hard to get into. So, so many, look, so many names of like civilizations, different races of people, places for the first half an hour. It is the same reason that I stopped reading those. Is it Stig Larsen or Lars, someone that wrote the girl, um, and on the, the on, Hornet's Nest issue yes, Dragon yeah. Tattoo, Hornet's Nest, Girl Who Fell Off a Table. I don't know what the heck they are, but yeah. the reason why I stopped reading those books is because I'm like, I can't keep up with all this detail you're throwing at me that isn't important. Don't give me place names that are 20 words long and have seven consonants in a row not interested because I can't remember the freaking things and I've just spent three weeks working 20 hours a day. Mate, I need simple right now. So. I'm down with you. That is exactly <laughs> why I lost my attention as well. Ah. Yeah, in the first half an hour, it gets better. It does get better as you go along, but I was literally at the start going, don't bother reading the location, just flow with it and see what happens. Try and go without that. Um like most good superhero movies, it does start with the death of a loved woman. In this case, it's uh, the main protagonist, Peter, Peter, was it Quinn? Quill, Quill. Uh, his, it's his mum. And that death impacts on him, but it also impacts on the soundtrack to the film, which is a great assortment of like 1970s music that she used to listen to. And then it becomes his soundtrack and consequently our soundtrack. Ah, I I didn't get that because I was struggling to pay attention in the first part. I did love the music and I did remember there was a music thing. We heard lots of music and I did like all of the songs. It was probably one of my favourite parts. Makes sense. That is why. So essentially, um, Peter Quill also, he's at the beginning, is he's a bit of a bounty hunter slash. Um, you know, stealer of stuff. He steals uh, this orb um, that was, and essentially on some other planet, and it results in him setting off a chain of reaction, a chain of reaction of events where there's five other people that want it, including the person he was meant to get it for, but he's decided to cut them out of the deal. Yada yada. He's not, he's not the, you know, the nicest of guys. He'll happily cheat someone if it means he can get a bucket load of cash. Um, Look, in terms of characters, I've got to say this. There are so many characters in this film. There are five guardians of the galaxy, including a raccoon and a tree man. <laughs> so in addition to the five guardians, you've also got like a bunch of like three different versions of baddies plus all of this other stuff as well. There are so many characters. There is no time to get any character development. You don't get a chance to understand or meet any of these people or identify with them. So the entire show is focused on the task at hand, which is saving the world from this evil warlord and getting some nugget from I don't know, some, that some orb is shut out somewhere. So um, it, it meant that you also don't get any kind of emotional connection mm. to this it, as well. It just laughs for a lot of a lot of the story. And it's laughs for the sake of laughs. So the dialogue is very witty. It's very fun. You know, lots of banter. These guys are taking the piss out of each other. But it gets to the point where they go too far with it too and it becomes overplayed. So you're like, that wasn't actually that funny. That wasn't that smart. You could have cut that. bit of tighter script writing, bit of tighter editing would have been really good for this one because it is also two hours long. So they could have quite easily have cut time from this. But I felt like it, you know, adding all of that crazy makeup and it kind of becomes a parody of itself. Yeah, it does. It, it 
I think that's the best way to describe it, I think. Becoming a parody of itself is just like it tried to take the piss and be a little bit funny and it kind of just took yeah. took the piss out of itself in the end. Totally. And there's a scene with this character Yondu who is a bounty hunter that he cut out of this deal earlier on, this retriever, whatever he is. He's double-crossed by Peter Quill. And like in this Western film, he starts ranting with his, I want him alive, I want him alive. You know, it's this full-on stereotypical script straight from about 10 billion Western films where it's like, don't you harm a hair on his head because I'm going to string him up, brother, you know what. That was the best accent ever. <laughs> you did that so well. I've had lots of practice, Khalid. But you know what I'm saying, though? I feel like there's all of these bits that have been taken from other films. So um, I feel like I've seen it all before. Like, it's like they cut and pasted all these cool sci-fi kind of Western whatever else scenes, smashed them all together, but didn't try and create a single theme. Now, great use of Kevin Bacon and references to Kevin Bacon and Footloose. Just going to put that out there, because anything about Footloose is amazing and Kevin Bacon, I agree. It's not a film rife with pop culture references if we don't hear something about Kevin Bacon. Exactly. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Exactly. But some things are a bit too well-scripted and neat, like Zoe Saldana's character just happening to want to overthrow Ronan, um, despite apparently being the person working for him. And some other things are really messy, like the fight scenes. So in some of the chases... It didn't feel, it felt like they went, oh, we need to shove in some CGI of a chase here. Let's just put a bucket load of things to blow up and put lots of lights and funny stuff and then we'll just do it all over again about five times in a row. That'll be the chase scene. It's not like you can follow them in some kind of way out of this. It's not, there's no storyline with it. The chases were really, it was really let down. Mad Max Fury Road with a bigger budget and some CGI by the sounds of it. Well, yeah, but you could at least, you knew they were at least traveling in one direction with Mad Max, you know, Fury Road. And yeah, you knew they were doing a U-turn and going back. You knew what was going on. This just felt like it was chaos. It wasn't planned. Let's just shove some stuff up and, and, and it'll, people will buy it. You know what it reminded me of when you're talking about borrowing from other places? You're talking about all these different, like, groups organizations organizations, planets, whatever, chasing the one orb thing. Yeah. Hello, fifth element. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So um, you're picking up what I'm putting down. How many fucks? I'll give it two. It's Escapist and it mentions Kevin Bacon, which is good. Um, so I think I think that's where my two fucks come from. I love a good Escapist. I'm, I'll happily sit down and watch something like that for fun, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend it because it did feel very cut and paste. You know, control C, control V, control C, control V. I felt like it was that. Yeah, well, the second one is like on my my Netflix like the, yes. to watch later when I'm bored and drunk at two a.m. list. Yes, I'm not going to rush to watch the second one because there was a second. That's what I felt like because they didn't develop the characters. I'm like, this means they can now do a bunch of sequels to this thing where they then delve into the backstory of every single one. And Guardians of the Galaxy Two is where they start delving into Peter Quill's backstory and his father because they don't even go into that other than his mum dies in this one. So it's really shallow stuff. Whole can of fish or bucket of worms or whatever. Totally. Totes. Totes, mate. You are listening to WTF. Did you make me watch podcast with Davina and Michael? And, Michael, we're heading to the TV series part of the show. Yes, we are. And I gave you – look, I have had a bit of an obsession, and I own – I've got a confession. Every single series of the original – there's only three series – of the original Wonder Woman TV series, and I thought I'm going to make you watch an episode of this. So – I did. Have a listen.
I love that you own this. I love that you actually have this on DVD. I mean, it, it looks just the DVD box set alone looks so old. It well, yes, okay, it is old. I mean, I'm, I'm not insinuating that you got the DVD box set like 50 years ago or anything. Or that I'm old. Or that you're old. <laughs> or have an appreciation for, for, for film and TV from the 60s and 50s. Absolutely. And look, I mean, it's interesting. I love that we went so far backwards and obviously Wonder Woman has been so um, prevalent in coming forward with the new movie, which I still haven't seen yet. I'm sorry. It's on Netflix. It's on my list. I will. I had to start watching it today. I'm going to. Um, just Because I have to. I have to support it. Um, and I think it's brilliant. Um, but I love we went so far back because I loved A Dream of Genie. And I loved Bewitched. Yes, me too. Yes, well, I used to live, like, right beside my nan, and every afternoon when I had to go, you know, after school at her house, she used to watch those was the two things because they were on, like, right around after school time. Like 3.34, 30-something. Yeah. Yes. And it was always so, you know, cheesy but funny and, yeah, all those things. And I, I love watching them. So as soon as we started watching this, I was like, yes, like, okay, great. Take him, take him back to childhood. Exactly. Yeah. This is why I love these ones too. And it... You gotta, you gotta suspend your your modern day expectations when you're watching them. Okay, it's it's tricky because you've got to try and not be like, oh, what the fuck? This is so bad. It's so bad because this was like made in in the '60s. Like it is a million years old. And looking at this, going, like, oh Christ! Like some of these people, or a lot of these people, are probably dead. Yeah, but that's half, like, half the charm of this sort of stuff is you're looking at it with a modern brain, so it's completely out. It is left of field. The whole thing now, what was seen as this wonderful mainstream, exciting show, is now this crazy kooky thing because it really it's such a cultural contrast to where we are now. This is true, but does it excuse some of the really bad acting? <laughs> some of that was really fucking bad. Like they're just like, oh. Colonel, we need to tell you about this right now. Oh, dear me. My favourite bit, seriously, because I made you watch Beauty on Parade, which is episode three, is uh, where, where she says, well, you know, we, he's like, we need someone to infiltrate the Miss GI competition. And she's like, I could do it, Steve. And he's like, oh, Diana, we need someone who looks beautiful in a bikini. I know. I was like, oh, my fucking God. Like, the misogyny was terrible. <laughs> yes. Oh, like, they were just awful. It was just this 
whole men versus women thing. Um, and I felt like they were trying to be a little bit empowering with the women thing. Like I'm looking at it in the in the crowd at the uh, the the beauty pageant thing, and it was all these women. I was like, this is like the '60s in the army. Were there really that many women? Like whole rows of women that weren't like cooks and cleaners. So it was a little bit. Okay, what the fuck is going on here? Uh, but one of my favorite what the fuck moments in the whole thing was when she does her Wonder Woman twirly twirly thing to change. Because like I don't know the backstory as to like how she came to be Wonder Woman and and what that's all about. But like to change into Wonder Woman, she just stands where she is and does the awkward pirouette, um, and then she comes out of the awkward pirouette and she's kind of. Instead of being like, oh, kung pao, ha, I'm going to take over the world. She's like, oh, what? Uh, oh, yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, I better, I better head off now. It's like she's like, oh, I'm a little bit dizzy. I better check that my corset still fits. It's like literally every time she just checks her, her ribs when she comes out of it. But, you know, it is. It's, it is this crazy. Hang on. Where was, was I going with that? Yes, it is this kooky spot where she, where she does, you know, twirl and she looks a little bit crazy. But again, this is Linda Carter. This is like, I don't know. It's beautiful. I love it. Is this beautiful portrait of while? It, yes, it was made in the in the very early sixties, set back in the forties. It's this wonderful portrait of ridiculousness that I absolutely adore. And look, you know, it doesn't actually go too far ridiculous. Like, it's not that out there. I mean, the whole Wonder Womany thing is, but I mean. There's an army base, you know, they're trying to uncover a mystery. There's men being shoven as pigs to women. Like, not all that out there. It's not like we've got bad guys shooting down from space and, you know, there's, there's dinosaurs and aliens everywhere. No, but I think the biggest what the moment is actually the cultural cringe because it is so, we've moved so far forward since then. That's the what the fuck factor for me. Yeah, that and, that and her, uh, her lasso. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know where this comes from. I, I don't know where this comes from, right? And, I, and, I, and I'm not sure if it is in the current Wonder Woman movie, but, like, she doesn't really have any weapons or anything that I've seen. Like, she's got this awesome outfit, and she looks, like, stun, on point, go for gold. And then at one point she's like, lasso these these guys, and she's like, it's my lasso of truth or something? And, like, whenever they're inside the lasso, they have to tell the truth? Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I love that you know nothing about Wonder Woman. We were literally watching the start of this, and Diana Prince, who aka Wonder Woman but in disguise wearing glasses like Clark Kent, is talking to Steve Trevor, and you're literally like, where's Wonder Woman? When does she come into this? I'm like, dude, you're staring at her on the screen. She does have the lasso of truth. She's also got the um the wrist calves. She's... Um, and if you've watched the series long enough, you will see her in her skateboarding outfit, which is a beautiful lycra number that also doubles as her wetsuit number. So, and she skateboards. That's all I'm saying. Michael, you need to watch more. <laughs> this is your softcore porn. Yes! <laughs> yes! Davina's softcore porn. Like, the rest of us have got, like, you know, dudes do Dallas or, <laughs> you know, Debbie does whatever. She's got Wonder Woman. I love it. Well, look, I mean, it's going be entertaining, um, and I kind of, uh, you know, I love the whole, you know, goody-batty, you know, uh, I Dream of Genie meets Bewitched kind of plot line. It's fun. It's enjoyable. It's not so what the fuck that I'm just like, come on, because you're in that world. So I'm down with it. I'm here for the party. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to watch the new Wonder Woman movie. So I'm all for it. Um, yeah, in terms of, like, how many fucks I'm going to give it, I'd give it a good solid three. Um, I'd, I'd almost a three and a half, how happy it makes you in the pants. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. All right, so that was the TV show that you gave me. Now, um, you're an interesting one to pick for when it comes to, like, when we're talking sci-fi and superheroes because you said you love this one so much. And I was like, oh. So originally there was a TV show, Heroes, which if anybody's watched that, I remember it was like, save the cheerleader, save the world. It was about the girl who was, you know, discovered that she couldn't die and people's evolution of their powers. Read for four seasons, we like to pretend it was three because the fourth was a bit of a disaster. Um, and a couple of years later, they realized their mistake. And we're like, let's bring it back. So, was born heroes reborn? Have a listen. It's happening faster than we thought. I don't think I can control it much longer. These powers, they're not natural. Sometimes you have to stand up for something bigger than yourself. It's good to be back. In other countries, they shoot people like me in the streets. We will be able to locate every evolved human on the planet. Now it's time for us all to stand together and fight. Surprise to see me? Why am I so important? You're going to help save the world. Heroes Reborn. Special two-hour premiere event, Thursday, September 24th on NBC. Right, so as you mentioned, this series is a spin-off from the original Heroes TV series that featured Hayden, like Panettiere, Patanieri, whatever her name is. I can never pronounce it. It's like Hayden Patanier, Patty, 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 Patisserie. Yeah! There we go. I can never pronounce it either. Ali Larter, who is rocked up now in Jessica Jones. Yes! And mostly, uh, essentially everyone was an unknown at the time. Uh, which I loved, I'll talk about in a minute, but Hayden's character, Claire, the cheerleader, isn't in this series, but she does kind of play a central role in that her character is missing and her father, Noah, is trying to figure out what happened. We do get to see many of those familiar characters from the original series transfer into this one. And it's now 12 months after a terrorist blew up a convention for Evos, or the Evolved, and Noah Bennett, Claire's father, believes that she was killed in the accident and he blames himself and he doesn't remember much more than that uh, until, obviously, he realises that she actually might not be dead. What we do know is that the Evos are now blamed for all the bad things in the world happening. They're getting banned from public spaces. They're often arrested on site, hunted down and killed. Tim Kring, who was the creator of the first series, is also at the helm for this one. So in terms of first impressions, I loved the first Heroes like series. I watched yes. the first couple of series, like first two years, religiously, and then it kind of dribbled off because there were so many episodes and I was, you know, I changed work, yada, yada. Anyway, it was hard. We still have um, you know, similar sorts of characters, you know, are in this one. This, by the way... Um, Similar to the first series, I remember watching back in the mid-2000s and when it first came out and going, oh, my God, there is not a face that I know. And it actually added to the story like it did. Yeah, that's what I loved about it in the first one because it wasn't full of, yeah, all the, you know, let's get big names into it. It was actually let's make some great fucking TV and it doesn't matter if we know who it is because the storyline's going to be great. Exactly. And because they were mostly unknowns, it really supported that idea of these are ordinary humans that are all of a sudden discovering something about themselves. So Bingo. 
that yeah, that for me was was really important with the series, and they've taken that into this one. And you know what? This is just as highly addictive. I was taken back to season one of Heroes when I first discovered it. So um, I, I I got into it immediately, like within ten minutes, I was like hooked. Um, we've got a really diverse range of characters again that hail from all over the world. We go to Japan, but this time it's not Hiro Nakamura. Uh, it's the lovely Miko, uh, who's taking us there. So a hero does rock up again in the series. Uh, but this time it's a young Miko whose father has gone missing and she must find him via a computer game of all things. I like this series because it, you know, while they have used the same formula last time that I adored, they've gone one step further in that kind of kookiness. Yeah, but I mean, I uh, the, the whole computer game thing I find fucking weird. I was very like, what the fuck at that? Um, and uh, if you get through watching more of this season, A, addictive as fuck. B, the hook and the whole twist in the last couple of episodes just wetting my pants for. Uh, but yeah, some really like fucking weird characters and, and odd ca- character arcs that go off here and there. Yeah, and it starts from early on as well, which is really, really good. So Claire's father continues his search as Evo start to connect around the world, not just to work out how to survive, but how to support each other in that survival effort as well. And needless to say, as before, bad stuff is still happening. It's been organised by bad people and it needs supers or Evos to be able to defeat it. Um, this is only one season long. It was cancelled, gutted because it is heaps of fun. And again, it took me back to season one of Heroes. So I am gutted about that. Fucking devastated. Devastation. Devastation station. Um, there is not much more that I can say about this. If you've seen the first one, you have seen this one and you will feel at home with this one. It still maintains the fun, the drive, the pace that the earlier series had. Not to mention there are plot lines going fucking everywhere. Um, there are mystery characters that you still don't know if they're good or evil. Uh, it has everything, and it's totally worth binge-watching. How many fucks? Um, three and a half fucks, because it's fun, it's highly addictive, you can get into it quickly, and you can zone out and enjoy it just for what it is. That's it. And if you remember who I'm talking about, it, kind of, it gets like at least an extra half a fuck because it doesn't have Peter Petrelli in it anymore. <laughs> yes, done. He was the most uh, fucking aggravating character in the history of television. He's one of those characters who always has to miss the bleeding fucking obvious and jump to a conclusion that's got nothing to do with what the fuck is going on. And you just want to deck him. And so I'm so glad he's not in there anymore. Thanks for listening to WTF Did You Make Me Watch with um, Michael and Davina. Don't forget to find us on Facebook, WTF Did You Make Me Watch, and Twitter at WTF You Make Me Watch. And if you like today's podcast, go ahead, give it a rating and a comment via your podcast provider. And please make sure you give us feedback. Um, you're welcome to suggest your own WTF stuff for us to review via Facebook, Twits, all of that sort of stuff. Next week, Michael, what are we looking at? Next week, we're going to be looking at horror films because they know you fucking love them. No, I fucking hate them. Ah, see, I hate the horror for the sake of horror. I love the horror with a good twist. I've got some good shit I might throw at you. Horror comedy. That's my favourite because they're not hardcore. Doing like Paris Hilton's House of Wax? Give me that. (laughs) <laughs> no, you like I it too seen much. It. I'm, so- <laughs> I'm willing. I'm willing to watch that. It's Paris Hilton the laugh. Oh my god, maybe. Well, we'll see if you earn it. We'll see you on next edition of WTF. Did you make me watch? We'll be back to the sh- regular schedule last week. Apologies for the kookiness for the last couple of weeks as I went off to try and earn myself a living. Anyway, see you next week. See you bye.